coming up on this episode of The Hive Life. Charlotte is a place that anyone can still build our community. Um, we value people who come here or who grew up here or whatever and uh, have a chance to dig in and make it their own and, and add and contribute and be part of the community. It's not, it's not so old that it's all fully baked. Welcome to The Hive Life, where we pull back the curtain on Spherical Media, a company based in Charlotte, North Carolina, with a team of former journalists that create beautiful, impactful stories that connect with your audience. Welcome to another episode of The Hive Life, coming at you from our studio in the south end of Charlotte. I'm Jared Latch, joined by Tim Bear, both co-founders of Spherical Media, as we welcome Adam Rue. Adam is the chief of staff at Charlotte Center City Partners an organization that facilitates and promotes the economic, cultural, and residential development of the urban core. And Adam, thanks so much for spending time with us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So let's get to your background for a moment. You have a similar background to us as a news reporter, a stop at Charlotte Magazine, and this is your second go around with Charlotte City Center Partners. How has all that previous experience led you to where you are and maybe helped you with the position you're in? Yeah, it's, you know, I think... Ultimately, it's about being rooted in Charlotte, and my experience as a reporter was sort of largely built on um, my passion for Charlotte as a native. I grew up here. My dad was a reporter in town from a very early age, kind of felt a uh, calling and a desire to be deeply rooted in this community. And, and when I came back to be a reporter, a television reporter here, you know, that's part of the, that's part of the job is to be uh, part of the fabric of the community. And certainly uh, as you look at the work that Center City Partners does, that's, that's really core to our mission. We are committed to uh, being a part of the fabric of Charlotte and making this an incredible place for everyone. So I've, Full disclosure, we, we worked together back at News we 14, did. so we both went through that war together um, <laughs> and got to the other side. You prevailed. Right. You prevailed. That's exactly. all that matters. Exactly. But I think that there is like a unique talent of people that have had to work in TV news from the standpoint that they've sort of had, you know, it hit the fan, things go wrong, and you have to be able to work through that and get to the other side and still have a finished product. And so when I talk to people that are formerly in that business, there is just a kinship there, one, but two, I think that you're, you're naturally able to handle a lot of things at once. And I've seen you working in your job now where you're downtown and there's an event going on and there's nine, 90 million dignitaries that you're having to get to different places. And that stuff doesn't really happen, I think, naturally for everybody. Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, I, I used to joke that one of the best things that, that television news prepares you for is kind of the, the loudness of chaos, um, that, you know, you're able to sit there and tune out kind of everything that's happening around you and really focus and get stuff done. And, and certainly uh, that skill has served me well in, <laughs> in this role and, and, you know, other roles that I've been in. What is interesting to me about kind of the, the experience of journalism and uh, kind of how I've been able to, to translate that into what I'm doing now is, is to be able to take the chaos and make sense of it um, and, and try to uh, figure out how to kind of boil it all down into something that both make sense internally to me, uh, but also to, to try to help make, you know, others make sense of it. Now, looking at Charlotte as a whole, it, it's neat that this is where you're from. So that, that passion you get to put into your work is connected directly to this city. In pre-pandemic, Charlotte is a thriving place. 
it's obviously been impacted by COVID. The biggest ways we see restaurants and things like that. Is that the biggest? And what are some of those other factors that are now in play that weren't before? Yeah, certainly we have seen a tremendous disruption because of the pandemic. Um, We are coming out of the most prolific decade of center city growth in Charlotte's history, uh, an incredible period of growth across sort of all categories of our center city economy. And uh, we came into 2020 firing on all cylinders. And uh, this disruption because of the pandemic has been, um, you know, deep and painful. Um, certainly we've seen that as, you know, we've watched individual businesses close and, and see the impact it's having on people. Um, and, and you hurt for them. You, you as um, some of my colleagues who spend all of their time talking with center city businesses, um, you know, I remember tears on our team in the early days, just sort of watching business owners having to make really tough decisions. Um, and, and obviously the effects of that are, are continuing now. We still have a um, center city that, you know, we're, we're not seeing the workers returning right now um, to, to uptown. We are, you know, continuing to have restaurants close. And so there, there are, I think, um, you know, some very real consequences of the pandemic. And then I think there's also this, this kind of, um, you know, mood that has settled in, um, you know, where we've been doing this for a, a period of months. I think people are, um, you know, discouraged, they're frustrated, there's COVID fat- fatigue. Um, and so we're trying to process all of that and at the same time figure out how we can position Charlotte to thrive in the recovery, to get out on the other side of this uh, and to to be the kind of uh, inclusive, resilient um, powerful engine of a place that that we know we can be, um, but but we also recognize that there's a lot of work that we've got to do to get there. And I have a couple of questions on the coming out of it and what that looks like. But the first one I was wondering about, as you guys are talking to you know the banks and the big employers uptown that are you know putting it out there and they're not coming back till May, June, whatever that is. How tough of a position does that put you guys in? And that you're trying to want to get those people back, but then obviously there's a safety play too. Where where do you guys fall on that, and, and how are those conversations? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, every business has to make the right decision for their employees and for their um, own individual circumstances, and that looks different by industry. It looks different, frankly, by uh, company and, and you know the the geography in some cases. Um, you know, we as an organization have have wrestled with that question. There's this tension where we are missioned with the vibrancy of Center City, and we desperately want to, um, you know, I want to be back in my own office and, you know, we, we want to be, um, we want to see the vibrancy return. And yet we also recognize that we're in the middle of a pandemic. We are still, um, seeing, you know, this, the case count go up where, you know, this is not over. And, and we recognize that, that there is a balance. And so, yeah, it's hard. Um, we, we know we, want and need uh, that population to return to Center City, both the workers, but also the visitors. And, you know, to, to have um, all of those folks come back to Center City, but, but it, there's a balance. And, you know, we're hopeful that uh, we'll start to see that return as we get deeper into 21 and, and, you know, begin to see some of the kind of daily energy return. Well, this is certainly not unique just to Charlotte. You know, you look across the, the national landscape and cities are dealing with all kinds of of different challenges depending on business, 
Do you think this is something that there'll be this big collaborative element maybe where you're talking to different city leaders in other places more than you ever have before to bring everything up together? It's a really good point. We, as an organization, benefit from an incredible network of other downtown organizations. Um, there, There is a group of us that are part of a trade association that work together on a regular basis. And, and this is something that we have done long before the pandemic where uh, our peers in places like Denver and Seattle are um, constantly talking. And, and I would say that, you know, there are several times a month where we're on the phone with our colleagues in major cities across America, uh, collaborating and sharing ideas and sharing best practices. You're right. This is a, um, you know, the pandemic has clearly had wide reaching effects, but our, our big centers of commerce have felt it most acutely. And, and cities are really trying to figure out what um, we can do, what collective actions we can take to be able to, to help our communities come out on the other side of this. And, and we've learned a lot from our peers across the country and I think have also been able to share some of what we're doing here and what's working and what's not and uh, how we can work together um, with our peers and to share knowledge to be able to uh, hopefully inspire that spark to, to get something going and, and to be able to get back on the other side of this. So when we went into this pandemic, obviously nobody knew what was going on, what was happening. We as a business didn't know what was going on. We had just started implementing this thing called EOS, Entrepreneur's Operating System. And we had a moment where we were like, should we continue to do this or should we just can it and batten down the hatches and hold out? <clears throat> we pushed on, we decided to in, in, implement it. And it made a big difference for us because we had time to actually do it because there wasn't as much work going on. Have you guys had any moments like that now that you're you know, eight months removed that you've really been able to focus on what the future looks like because you've had the time instead of doing events constantly and having to be on that sort of rat wheel? So yes and no. I mean, some of what we had to do, particularly early on, was move so quickly to, to respond to the conditions that, that we were seeing in the community. I mean, you know, early on, we were both you know, pivoting our own organization, thinking about our own employees and, and how to make sure that we uh, were taking care of our people, but also all of our stakeholders, um, you know, retailers and restaurants and businesses that were having to make really tough choices. And we were trying to be there um, both in a human way to, to, to provide that human support that we do um, and also provide the structures and the systems and the programming that we could to be able to help navigate them through. And so there was a lot of innovation that we were doing kind of on the fly to, to figure out what that looked like. And yet, you're right, we were also able in some cases to take a breath and to think about how does a, a pandemic and the sort of events of 2020, how does all of that feed into our center city. And, and a great example of that is our, our 2040 vision plan. We have a great tradition in Charlotte of doing a new downtown vision plan. It's kind of our blueprint for big ideas for downtown every decade. And uh, we're looking ahead at our 2040 plan. We're going to release some draft recommendations this fall. And uh, we're really excited about what that plan looks like. We were able to kind of inform the plan based on COVID. And so you know, instead of potentially uh, coming out of the pandemic and having this plan that didn't really respond to what we saw over the course of the last nine months, we're now able to come out with a plan that is informed by the experiences of COVID and, and the experiences of real people in 2020, whether it's thinking about 
um, racial and equity and justice issues, um, or whether it's thinking about how retailers work, how do they, how do they thrive in a post-pandemic world? All of that was able to be, uh, you know, kind of pushed into the plan because we were able to pause, take a breath, uh, and do a lot of really good listening. Now, the optimist and the realist in me believes there will be significant silver lining in a lot of different ways. Is it too early to, to see what that might be? Because I know you spoke to positioning Charlotte to be better, powerful, to be reinvigorated, thrive, however you want to describe it, on the back end of this, whenever that comes. Can you see a silver lining yet or how it will change the landscape and maybe benefit what you're doing in Uptown? Certainly one of the ways that that we've seen a silver lining has been some incredible innovation by our center city small businesses. We uh, started uh, with some uh, corporate partners, a small business innovation fund that has um, helped uh, dozens of small businesses throughout center city kind of pivot and respond to the pandemic. And uh, we have been so encouraged by the stories of hope that we've gotten from these are, these are our neighbors uh, who are um, good, honest, hardworking people really putting their heads down, trying to figure out how to make it work. And they've come up with incredible ideas um, that add to the vibrancy of Center City. And just watching those folks innovate has been a, a wonderful piece of, of silver lining. Um, and, and I think we're going to continue get, to get signs of that as we kind of come out on the backside of this. And what story can you share with us in particular, one that stands out to you right now with one of those businesses? Gosh, there are so many of them. Uh, but I would say we, one of the ones that, that we heard about was a, uh, a food truck uh, that the owners are um, immigrants. They, are, um, they came to America uh, within the last decade. They... Uh, started this business and they um, have poured everything into it. And they um, were sort of really starting to find their groove before the pandemic. And then, and then it changed, you know, you're, you're this food truck and you park uptown one day a week to serve lunch to 130,000 office workers. And, and the next second they're gone. And, and how do you figure out how to adjust to that? And they had this really great idea to figure out how to make these meal kits that they can take to neighborhoods and, you know, be able to sell to families that are quarantining at home and you know, just trying to scramble to figure out how to take care of kids and work and do virtual school and put three meals a day on the table and all of that. And it was such a, um, it was such a wonderful idea. And I think a great example of, you know, the American dream, um, you know, folks who came to this country um, to start uh, a better life. They started a business. They invested in our community. They are part of the fabric of Charlotte. And they came to us and said, we have this great idea. You know, can, can you help us accelerate it? And, you know, it was such a, a thrill to be able to give them that grant. And we're excited to see what, th what they do with it. So <clears throat> looking forward, um, what has Charlotte uniquely positioned to be successful in our region, in our country? What makes us better as you look forward to coming out of this? Well, I would, I would have to start with the people. Um, we have got incredible people. Uh, the small business community here is extraordinary. And, you know, the stories like I just, I just shared, um, they're, 
that they stack up. We've got tons of those stories. And so, I mean, the, the people first, but, but there are also some, some other elements of our environment that I think are important. We did have that incredible decade where um, across all categories of real estate, office, residential, uh, hotel, retail, we were, um, you know, breaking records. It's, it's our most prolific decade ever. And I think that uh, in and of itself is important. I think we are continuing to attract institutional investors from outside the market who believe Charlotte is a compelling place to invest and uh, to um, both spend money and locate their talent. Um, and, and people you know, are choosing Charlotte and choosing Center City uh, in a meaningful way. And, and I think that that has us well positioned. And then, and then the other thing is, I think our community over the course of the last decade and certainly over the last few years has made some really big kind of cultural moves. You know, being able to land an MLS franchise is a big deal. Um, we are making really meaningful investments in transportation infrastructure uh, here that are going to pay dividends uh, for generations. And so we've got some of those things, the medical school that was announced between Atrium Health and, and Wake Forest. I mean, those are the kind of big moves that Charlotte is making that I think uh, will be um, able to help us uh, respond to the pandemic and position ourselves for growth uh, as we look toward the future. Now, research, grants, promotion, I know those are three of the key things that you work on. I want to hit on promotion real quick because you talked about attracting people to Charlotte to invest, to come here, call this home. What do you guys do in that way? And as you know, video storytellers here, I have to think the video is a big part of that. But what does that attack look like or approach? Well, you're exactly right. Storytelling is is kind of at the core of that. It, you know, being able to help people understand who Charlotte is. Um, it, you know, it's not what we found is that companies and economic economic development prospects they're they're not choosing a place. They're not choosing a city or an office building. They're choosing a neighborhood. They want to they want to be. Um, part of a community. And so as you look out the windows here and see what's happening in South End, you're seeing companies like LendingTree building their headquarters just up the block. And they made a very intentional decision to choose a neighborhood where you can leave the office and go to a brewery or walk to the light rail or uh, go down the street for a bowl of ramen. Um, that is really important uh, to, to both companies and certainly to, to the talent that they're trying to attract. And so part of what we do in a really great collaboration with the city of Charlotte and the regional business alliance is uh, to tell that story and to help people understand kind of the ways in which, you know, when you move to Charlotte, you're not just picking an address, um, but you're becoming part of a neighborhood. How much does the success of South End have you guys thinking about how to structure Charlotte or Uptown differently? Because the I've talked to a few people in commercial real estate. They all say, you know, South End is the city of the future. Uptown is the city of the 90s. And they are going to spend the next five to 10 years trying to become South End. Is that a similar? Is that something you think is way way it's going to play out? So I think there are two distinct places. And I think it would be a mistake to try to make South End like Uptown, um, and we've said that for a decade in South End, and uh, you know we think it would be a mistake to try to turn Uptown into South End. Um, they uh, have their own unique stories, and I think their own unique value to our community. And so um, we are big believers in the idea of distinct places. And 
I think you'll see when you look at the recommendations of the 2040 vision plan that are focused on uptown, what you're seeing are ways to build vibrancy and uh, to you know maybe transform blocks that are underutilized or that are a little boring um, into places that have the same energy and vibrancy that you may see in, in pockets of South End, but in a very uniquely uptown kind of way. Um, I, I think what the the success of South End tells us is that people want to be part of complete places. Um, they want to be part of neighborhoods that have office and retail and residential and meaningful transit connections and this spirit of, um, you know, excitement and fun that, sure. that you see in South End. And I think that uh, all of those things can exist in Uptown, but in its in its own way. Um, you know, as a central business district, it's going to have a different feel. Sure. Um, and we're really excited about some of the things that we're going to be rolling out um, that are big big deal, big vision kind of things for uptown. And I don't want to step on those, but are one of them possibly, I mean, a lot of discussion has been about closing Tryon and making that a pedestrian walkway, closing down. I know, I don't know who it was. I think it was Larkin, maybe that was in Charlottesville the other day, said, put up the picture of, of downtown Charlottesville. Is that along the lines of what you guys are, are thinking? So it's interesting you bring up Charlottesville. I saw Larkin's picture as well. And I lived in Charlottesville for a little while right out of school. And they've got a, an amazing downtown pedestrian mall. Um, I, I think, you know, comparing Charlottesville and Charlotte is tough right. um, when you think about kind of the, the demands on an urban core. But we do believe that Tryon Street is in need of a reimagining. And, and what the plan will call for is a thoughtful reexamination of Tryon Street kind of as an entire unit, um, you know, in, in Uptown. So not looking at it, um, you know, maybe as this block or that block, but let's think about the whole stretch of the street. Think about the experience and how that experience needs to change as you move um, up and down it. You know, the experience in front of Discovery Place should feel a little different than the experience at the square at Trade and Tryon. Those those should be a little bit different, and yet there should be some cohesion, um, you know, in terms of look and feel, and you know, kind of how people respond to the street that that happens across the entire length of it. But we are excited about thinking differently about Tryon Street and really thinking boldly about uh, Tryon and and Uptown as as a whole, um, where we think that this plan um, is ambitious and, you know, will kind of push some people outside of their comfort zones. And then it's, and then it's incumbent upon all of us, because this is not just our plan. This is not the Center City Partners plan. It's Charlotte's plan. And so we all have to decide as a community, all right, here's the idea. What do we want to do with it? So this last one, before we get to some rapid fire questions and, and some personal fun stuff, when we get through this, whenever this might be, and we get back to a, a piece of what we knew as normal and our new normal all mixed together, whatever that looks like. How well is Charlotte positioned to come back quickly? And what are you seeing in some of your research that would say, you know what, we're in a good spot? What are some of those things? Yeah, I think, I think you're right that Charlotte is positioned to come back quickly. Again, going back to that momentum that we entered this, this period with, I think is... Um, is important. And the other thing that gives me hope is that the economic development pipeline is still active. Um, yes, it has slowed down. Clearly, um, companies are, are thinking differently 
Um, but we're still getting inbound requests from um, prospects that are looking at Charlotte as a place for corporate relocations or um, institutional investors that are looking at real estate here and saying, hey, maybe this is a great time to enter the market. Um, I was on a call maybe a month ago with uh, a company that was looking at a, a piece of real estate in Charlotte, would it would be their first play in, in the community, and they were really excited about it. And so the fact that those conversations are still ongoing gives me a great deal of hope and you know, it's incumbent upon us, the, the collective us, to figure out how to capitalize on those um, and, and to do it in a way that is thoughtful and kind of, uh, you know, well informed by the events of the last year. I'm going to sneak one more in just because I'm interested and I love this conversation. Um, when those conversations are happening now, like earlier in this, you were talking about small businesses. I think that there was a time when Center City Partners or just the the center city world didn't really think about small businesses necessarily. It was about, you know, the banks bringing in the big corporations. I feel like there's been a diversification of looking at what types of companies to bring in here. Um, no longer the Chiquitas and those examples that we've obviously seen before. So what is uh, that plan or that thought process of the types of businesses and sort of the diversification that we're looking at now? Yeah, I mean, you're definitely seeing a diversification of, of industries here. I mean, the sectors that are represented in, in Uptown Charlotte, you know, are, are many more than we saw a couple <laughs> of decades ago. Um, you know, people joke about Charlotte as a bank town, and I, I think it's, it's a cliche that is played out. Um, and so, uh, we, we've seen that, you know, change dramatically. Um, we believe that great places are built in layers and that means that you, you need both the big and the small you need small businesses that make up the fabric of the community and you need investments by major employers. Um, and all of that has to work together. Um, but, but you can't have one or the other. So let's move into these rapid fire questions because we could keep going on this. I, I'm fascinated by it as well because we're invested in Charlotte the same way in the small business community and, and overall. Uh, outside of the office, and you're probably at home right now, right? I am at okay, home. Okay, so outside of your home, non-working or inside, what keeps you uh, moving and motivated? My kids. Um, that's the big. That's the big thing. My wife and I have a uh, almost five-year-old and almost one-year-old twins, um, and so uh, they definitely keep us moving. Uh, but they also keep us motivated. I mean, you know, be, being a dad, as I was saying to my wife the other day, it's it's the best thing I've ever done. Um, and it, you know, everything else is great, but but that's the main thing. If you could pinpoint one key moment that's played a pivotal role in your professional life, what would that be? Moving back to Charlotte in 2012 and staying here. Uh, when I came back, I thought I would do a couple of years at a TV station here and then move on to another market. Um, and I came back and kind of fell back in love with Charlotte and, and knew I wasn't going to leave. Speaking about Charlotte, what is your favorite aspect of, of the city and this broader community? Charlotte is a place that anyone can still build our community. Um, we value people who come here or who grew up here or whatever and uh, have a chance to dig in and make it their own and, and add and contribute and be part of the community. It's not, it's not so old that it's all fully baked. Leave us with a fun fact. Most people wouldn't know about you, hobby, anything like that. What would, what would be something that you could put out there? I was a really bad pole vaulter in high school <laughs> at South Mech. Um, that that's probably the the most uh, ridiculous part of my background. I had a coach who said, 
you look like you could be a pole vaulter. And I didn't know what that meant, but uh, I tried it and was not particularly good, but had a good time doing it. So if you have the option in the future with your kids and there's a pole vaulting opportunity, <laughs> do you take it or do you pass? Oh yeah, take it. Absolutely. Okay, that's good. Okay, I like that. There's a redemption there with pole vaulting. Well, Adam, <laughs> thanks so much for coming by. Great conversation. Thanks for having me. And you can visit charlottecentercity.org to check out the work that Adam and that organization is doing here in Charlotte and check out more episodes of The Hive Life under the resources tab at spiraclebuzz.com and follow us on all our social media platforms at Spiracle Media. For Tim Bear and Adam Rue, I'm Jared Latch. Thanks for listening and so long for now. You've been listening to The Hive Life brought to you by Spiracle Media. Always remember, you can visit spiraclebuzz.com or follow us at Spiracle Media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on The Hive Life.